The views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast are that of their own. In no way, shape, or form do they reflect the official policy or position of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. into the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, a commercial diving podcast for divers by divers. Episode number seven, The Gorski. Joining us in the Dive Shack is Les Gorski, the creator of the Gorski Diving Hat. He tells us about diving in communist Poland, his humble beginnings in the dive business, and the story of how he developed the first mass-produced stainless steel commercial diving hat. So please like and follow us on all our social media pages, on our Instagram at Bottom Dwellers DS, Facebook page Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, and check out our website at thebottomdwellers.com. This episode of the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack is brought to you by Baytech Industries. So turn up those comms and stand by. We're going to make it hot. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Bottom Dwellers uh, Dive Shack. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, LB Diver, Armando. Uh, I'm John. How you doing? All right, man. So we have on the episode, who do we have again, Johnny? We have Leigh Gorski. The one, the, the only. Guy. Mr. Gorski. Yeah. Les Gorski. That's what we're talking He's going to be in the Dive Shack. It's, uh, that's, that's a big deal for me. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're cool looking hats. I mean, they're definitely one of the coolest looking hats out there for sure. They are. I really enjoy it. I dove one actually. Oh, nice. At the school college of oceaneering. Some alumni brought it and let us dive in the tanks with it. Very nice. Easy breathing. Um, That's one of the things I've heard about the most that it breathes pretty, yeah, pretty easily. It's fantastic. And you're comparing this to, I mean, the hat that you dive mostly now is a 27, the Kirby Morgan. I do, which don't get me wrong is, my hat. You mm-hmm. know, I love, I love 27, but for the short time that I was in that dive tank, I mean, it was fantastic and it was cool. And you could go in, uh, upside down, no, no water. You know how many times we were upside down doing work and all of a sudden there's salt in your mouth. Mm-hmm. None of that. I kind of like it. You get all tired and right. you know, cool it's off a little bit. Yeah, refreshing salt cool water rinse. Off. Yeah. But dry hat is nice, isn't it? A dry hat is nice here. doesn't get all stinky. Yeah. That's a big, it's a big thing. So I was looking at some of the pros and cons of the hats. Maybe, uh, well, I guess not so much pros and cons because I'm looking at the text sheet here from Aqualung and uh, kind of describes it a little bit. What's some of the uh, what's some of the keynotes there, Johnny? Dude, the biggest one for me is is weight. This is outside the water, right? Gorski, I think, is only 29 pounds on the surface compared to, let's say, if you're diving another stainless steel it's obviously the km77 beautiful hat as well but uh what is that 32 32 43 i think it's more yeah it says 32 pounds yeah that's pretty that's a big difference yeah there's just a lot going on when it comes to kirby morgan hats compared to gorski hats very simplified hat the gorski hat that was one of the main selling features too, you know? Yeah. The exhaust is not in your face. That's one of the big things too. You, the exhaust comes out of the sides. Right, out of the side, nothing. Pretty nice. I know they, the Kirby Morgan's got the diamond regulator that they just came out with, and that's, uh, that's, that makes right. it bubble-free. Right. And they use the Rex still for, you know, mm-hmm. everyday use of it. And the Gorski uses the Apex GX300. That's all internal, so it's not like it's... Right. Which is also kind of nice. And there's no side block. Yes. For balance. Everything's out the back. I remember when I first saw that, I thought it was weird as heck. You know, the first thing you. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm having a brewski. Did you want one now before Gorski I comes I technically out? have one. What have you got over there? Well, I mean, I got, I got a good old fashioned, a Miller Lite. Oh, got the common, awesome. common, common man's beer. Right. Common man hat, common man beer. You know what I'm saying? I've got the uh, it's, not a Czech, to it. 
It's a Czech Pilsner I've got. Oh, fancy. Look at you. From Wayfinder Brewery. How much did that cost you? That's out of Portland, Oregon. So listeners in Oregon, mm. this is a Wayfinder. Four pack for 20 bucks. Come on, man. It's, I'm supporting a small local business, Stateside Crafts. This is where I got the beer. That's well, probably delicious. Let me finish this. So I got one for you. Don't and worry. Then we'll discuss. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Yep. That's a good Pilsner. Mm. Tastes you like a nice seed. little glass too. Yeah, I got I got a glass for you too. Oh, you can't drink this uh, fancy beer out of the can. Right. God forbid. All right. So get comfortable. Just waiting for Gorski to jump on. He's already two shots to the wind. He says. That's awesome. Yeah, which see and to me, I only brought one beer because I was like, oh, you know, this is well, I got a bunch. This is a creator of a hat. I got a bunch. I want to be professional. All right. Well, it looks like uh like Les just popped in. Uh, hey, there how's you it are. going, Les? How are you? Man, man. How you doing? <laughs> so how you my, doing? doing good. So my name's Armando. Uh and this is uh I'm Johnny. Johnny right here. Yeah, John, so we're, uh, I see you, John. we are super excited to have you here. Probably more excited than when than, than you know than normal. Right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, where are you guys at? In California? We're in Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. Yep. So the other side of the uh, country here. And you're in uh, Florida, right? You said you're in the Keys. How are the yeah, Keys? Yeah, I'm in the Keys, man. I never say I'm in Florida. I'm in the Florida Keys. I'm on an island. <laughs> it's kind of its own different thing down there, huh? It's definitely a different Yeah. Vibe. Even if we would have, uh, you know... 50 degrees in Miami that here is going to be 65, you know? So. Oh, nice. Are you one of those people when the hurricane comes, I'm not leaving. Right, I'm, I'm staying, staying here. here. Yep. 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 One That's of those. Yeah. Those key, those people in the keys, man, are some of the bravest, I tell you. Um, I used to live in central Florida. I used to live out there for uh, six years in uh, Orlando area, uh, St. Cloud, Kissimmee. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I traveled the state quite a bit. You know, I was able to see pretty much the whole state of Florida while I was out there in six years working for a small diving company. Uh-huh. At the time, it was called uh, Infrastructure Engineers. So it was an engineering company. Uh, a buddy of mine said he uh, kind of knew you when you were first coming out with the hat. Uh, Jeff Lane, does that ring a bell? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Of course I know Jeff, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't haven't talked to him in a while. I need to touch base with him. But uh, he first kind of told me about your hat. And then, uh-huh. well, 10 years later. What a ride, huh? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's uh, well, for me, it's uh, uh, 20 years later. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> From go. the first prototype. That's why I call mm. it G2000. Yeah, yeah, I started uh, basically with this stainless helmet. I started, uh, how was it, uh, in, in, in the very late 90s because I had first a bronze helmet. And uh, so, I'm, you know, that basically is 20 years of fighting with that helmet, but hmm. long story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's one of the questions that we were kind of wondering is when did you start, you know, the whole concept, you know, when did you start well, thinking like, Hey, I, I think I need to design a new helmet or I need to come up with a different dive hat. You know, it doesn't pop up like that. Does it? Yeah. Everybody was telling me you can buy a super light. Why are you building your own helmets? You know? <laughs> so you never were a super light guy. Oh, no, I, I had a couple of super lights. You yeah. know, the, I don't know if you know the full story. I, you know, I was born and raised in Poland behind the Iron Curtain, you know. Ooh. So we had nothing. We had no money to buy anything from the West World. You know, I didn't even see really a pictures of a super light, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but that, that's why I started playing with equipment back in Poland because I was uh, basically... Uh, you know, just, just, we didn't have anything but scuba and very poor quality scuba, you know, behind it, uh, all cold water, all, you know, murky and there's no, there's no Caribbean world over there, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, it was, it was pretty rough, but not too many, nobody knew if you said that diver, the word diver in Polish, you know, that a what, you know, like, what do you do? underwater what do you can we what you can do underwater you know so that was i don't know if there was a hundred scuba divers at that time in poland now it's totally different world poland is more capitalistic than america i think now (laughs) uh really going off of that uh the iron curtain being in the communist europe at the time can you discuss like the the necessity of learning 
to not only maybe build, but maintain the stuff that you had or was donated by the army. You were in the army, by the way, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that, you know, that in Poland, that if you don't join the army, you join the, the political jail and they will <laughs> kill you in it, you know. So, right. <laughs> but a simple choice, you know. So right. I did my two years and then after, you know, there was a five years of reserve. So uh, uh, they can call you anytime and they did. But uh, yeah, that's that was no choice. And, and you have to, you know, you were drafted and you have to do it. That's it. Very line. hard to acquire uh, gear in a Yeah, yeah. That you know, we what, what did help you with some contacts with my buddies, for example. You know, there's there's a lot of different stories. I was uh, it just popped to me that my first communication, for example, was uh, I got from T thirty four, the Second World War Russian tanks, the T thirty four that I took that. Uh, uh, communication, uh, what do you call it? The internal communication mm -hmm. in the tank. By the way, my accent, you probably, I left Poland. I escaped from Poland when I was 31. And that's why I really started learning English. So <laughs> oh. for the kids, it's really easy. But for a, a older guy, you know, that you're never going to get rid of that accent. There's no way. So, uh, you know, my it, kids. It makes you sound more refined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, my, my kids were seven and nine when they came here. And, uh, you know, we all went through uh, Spain, through Madrid. And uh, I went to American embassy and asked for political asylum. And that's basically, you know, I, I came here with green cards. You know, So, yeah, the, the, the whole thing was like I was talking about the communication. I used this on the first time we were doing a job on a dam in Poland. And uh, just an inspection, uh, I had that, that comes uh, 75, 70 meters, you know, down. Oh, wow. And uh, I put that, that speaker on my left ear. I installed it. So this is, as you can see, the hood. I modified that the port is round and I could screw it on. But it was actually like Jack Brown. That's called Jack Brown, the triangle. Mm -hmm. And I took it out and I put mounted that, that one that I can unscrew. You were telling me about the beer, but in Poland, everybody just drinks straight vodka. So when I was coming <laughs> up, I just take a bottle of vodka and drink a vodka, you know, instead of beer. But uh, I the, the hood had a harness on it, and I had a throat mic and uh, from the tank. What I did not think of at this time, you know, the, the seal that I made with the rubber shroud on the speaker and pull this tight with that freaking harness. And when I dove, like on this dam, we were going down very quick. We had only double bottles. There was no oh, surface wow. supply. I didn't know about the <laughs> surface supply. So you were already modifying and tinkering with right. dive gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we all started. And I went down, and because I was going so fast, you would not believe it. I completely suck out my left ear. I mean, oh, I wow. ripped off a skin from the bone. You know, it, the, the membrane broke off, of course, but he mm. sucked everything out. So when I reached surface, you know, I was the blood was everywhere. They took me to hospital, you know, and uh, they, they couldn't do anything over there because he was swollen. So he gave me antibiotics. And when I came back to my town, that the doctor, you know, that he fixed it completely. So right now, if doctor is looking in my left ear, and it's like, what the hell happened here? You know, yeah, I can't even really stick a Q-tip in it. Oh, wow. Uh, so, like uh, ground beef in your left ear. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor fixed it by pouring vodka on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, the, the, the whole thing, this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting to. That we didn't have any equipment. I was just playing mm -hmm. with this. And that's how I got in my, this is also my personality. And I, you know, I started making helmets. Uh, in the States, and, you know, I got one. I don't know if you guys seen those helmets. I got one that I took a, a Bell motorcycle helmet, and I make it to free flow. I, did. I saw that one. That was very Yeah, amazing. and then, uh, you know, then I got into this uh, silicon bronze. I made like six helmets, or you know, out of that. And, uh, and then I realized that if I really want to do something, you know, that was like my dream to do a stainless hat. You know, and to me, I knew that I got to be different because I'd be sued by, you know, the Morgan. Mm -hmm. Morgan. So 
And by the way, I can tell you that right now that I'm I was always very good friends. You know, you guys know Mike Ward in Panama City. Yes, yes. Actually, uh, now that you brought it up, Mike Ward's going to be on the show pretty soon in a couple of weeks. Well, the, that's one of my best friends. He always nice. comes here to the Keys, and we he will tell you we he bring my uh, Bev Morgan gave him that Winnebago that bus before he died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and Mike always drives that when they open the lobster season. So he comes here and he stays on my property and we go take my boat. And we go lobstering and he always brings his helmets. And, you know, I got mine and I got my boat is set up for a surface supply here because that's diesel boat. And uh, so I can take, you know, I got the whole surface supply. I take it outside and we dive helmets, you know, on the reef and shit. and. But yeah, that's uh, so I, I never have, I never been, you know, I never tried to become a competition, go to work with anybody, you know, it was just that I just built my shit and, uh, you know, just promote. I knew that I can't compete, you know, with BSI. They've been here, you know, <clears throat> years, years ahead of me. They've been at the right time. They got all the contacts. I was trying with every possible you know they they the whole navy and army diving you know that they, they dove my helmet and there's no way that i can get in you know so it's uh they would have to scrap all the super lights that they have you know and uh i was talking through my friends made a lot of you know contacts and friends and i was talking to all these guys i'm in the highest level you know that that mm-hmm. uh, at at like navy for example you know that that they know about me about my helmet you know if guy is saying that what do you want me to tell the admiral to scrap all the freaking <laughs> super lights and buy gorski <laughs> and you know there would be a millions and millions to throw you know so and i understand, so why couldn't but, they just throw in like a couple gorskis in there with it was it some kind of deal they had that's, or? that's a different procedure this is all yeah. politics that's not that's, that's so not weird, like man. that you know i mean i don't bend over i don't f- suck dicks and i don't and i this is what i'm saying where i hit the barriers you know so you have to do a lot of footwork right Back then, oh. when you were first trying to, you know, oh sell the hats. So I wanted to talk about how how it was in the very beginning. So you were a commercial diver. You you fled Europe. You were already diving in Europe with the Scuba Club and and, and different you know companies. I'm sure. So yeah. you get here to the states. Um, who do you start diving for here in the states? Well, I did. Uh, went. I didn't know. You know, first what to do. I was when I when I got first. I had a. I end up in Chicago for like four months. And and that was, you know, I, I wasn't speaking English. I thought I, I, I tried to learn something myself. You know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. they taught me a fluent Russian, but not English. Uh, at that point, you know, I had to uh, pass through that barrier of language and see what I can do without American license. Then I find out about the school in Houston Ocean Corporation. And I just took off with my wife and, uh, you know, we went from Chicago to Houston and that was kind of a nightmare because I didn't have any money. You know, I didn't know if I'm going to make it. And actually the sponsors in Chicago, that's a, the whole thing is a too long story. You guys know about Siberia in the 39, yeah, that that Hitler came from West and Stalin came from East. And, and Stalin took my father's family to Siberia. The whole family ended up in Siberia. My father was the oldest one, and he stayed with his mom. And there was, I'm not going to stress that subject, just generally. There, there was one Polish general that had picked up all the kids he could from Siberia, took them through India, Mexico, and uh, and to, they end up, I had two uncles in uh, uncles and aunts uh, in Chicago and Toronto. Okay. So one so of these people my, there. My, my my father's sister was sponsoring me in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, they said, why don't you stay in Chicago? I can get you a job, my uncle, you know, that I can get you a job in some spring factory, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. I said, I'm a freaking diver. I'm not going to mm-hmm. work in a factory, you know. So I took out and then, you know, I did not having any money at that time. That was 85. In 85, that school, Ocean Corp, was the last night class. The night class didn't have a welding course. And I was 
even being with the class, I was the demo diver because I was a good welder mm-hmm. and I knew how to weld underwater from Poland. So uh, I didn't need that. And, you know, I that's, that class cost 4500 bucks at that oh, time. Wow. And at this that's time... Imagine yeah. like that. At, at this time, I was actually, me and my wife, we were starving in America. <laughs> Going through this, you know. So it's a, yeah, it's a long story, but mm-hmm. we were free. We were in America. We didn't have money, but, you know, start working. Meantime, I got a job in the break check, you know, 375 an hour, shit like this. So, and that was night class, so I could work in the morning, you know, in the break check and and, Who needs and, to sleep, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, anyway, I graduated that school. I went offshore with Ocean Tech. I don't know if you guys ever heard that name because they, in the late 80s, the shit hit the fan and uh, I mean, it really, the oil went down. They mm. started shutting down a lot of dive companies and Ocean Tech shut down three. Basically, they had a shop in uh, Corpus Christi, Houston, and Louisiana. And they shut down everything. They they bankrupt, you know. So I was not even full two years, something like that. And I was working offshore then. And, uh, you know, coming out, that was my first job. But see that, again, the, it's too much story, too long story. We When we left Poland, I left it with my wife. And we left the kids with her parents because we didn't get passports. There was one guy, mm-hmm. KGB, that... that <clears throat> He kept the kids as a hostages, so we come back, you know. Oh, I wow. took a chance. But my wife was terrified. I mean, she was, but she and her kids, this is my kids too. I love my kids. I promised her. I, I said, listen, if shit won't work, don't worry about it, shit. We go back. I mean, you get the kids, that's 100%. You tell them, I tell them that I kidnap you. I made you can do it. And I get bullet, you mm-hmm. get kids, and everything is going to be okay, you know? So, That's I was amazing. Like, you got to have I'm not, plan B. I'm that not, was your plan I'm B. I'm not going to. I get a bullet, you I'll got. take the bullet. No, but I literally okay. and, I, and I would not. Look, I never, I never left my kids in my mind. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I took a chance and I won. The kids came to us in one year and 17 days. And they landed in Houston. And most of guys, divers, you know, that were in that company, they said, listen, we can, you know, we can help you out. You know, let's go with us to Louisiana. <laughs> I said, listen, I pulled my family through a freaking hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Well, you're I a diver. Just, that's what we do. I just got, yeah. I said, I just got, you know, and I promised them different shit. I promised them America. And now I'm just dragging them. You know, they didn't, they didn't understand. But at the same time, what happened that. You guys know the name Les Joyner? He was the president of Ocean Corporation, Les Joyner. And Les called me and he said, you know, everything is going to shit right now. Just come back to Ocean Corp and, you know, you can teach underwater welding and burning. And I was, obviously, I'm very good with equipment, all kind of Mm -hmm. equipment. So I was fixing everything. And then the other name came by at the same time. Ray Spillers. Ray was a Navy diver. Ray is right now at 83, I think. He had his own company. He had to shut it down. But when he we start talking, we he reopened it. I mean, we reopened. And we were doing tons of insure. Everything switched from offshore to insure. So he had his contacts. I had, I was running that. And, uh, you know, we had like, just for example, uh, contact with Exxon in Baytown, east side of Houston, that I did all small repairs and most of inspections and everything for, I think, like at least seven years, eight years. Oh, wow. I mean, constant. There was like, like a fixed job. They didn't call mm-hmm. any other company. They called us immediately and, you know, they want me on the job site and, you know, I was just doing that. So when when it was slowing down, did you ever think that I might have to do something different, or did you just? Well, I was kinda... always a welder. I was I yeah. was a really good welder. You oh, know? good. So I got different contacts, and uh, you know, when the machine shops, I always have a welder. I always, you know, I can, uh, I I am pretty good, really welder. 
And as divers, we always have to have a plan B, C, and D. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, there was, uh, with me, it was welding and, you know, and uh, construction and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a very handy, obviously, if I can build a helmet design and shit, you know. So, but that was my thing, that I always, uh, a backup that plan with the welding. Mm-hmm. So, did you get a lot of support from, like, your diving buddies in the diving community when you were starting to talk about and building your own hat? Like, did you not, get not with the head, not with the helmet, no. but yes, I had, you know, that everybody seems to try to help us. You know, they know that I came in and, and I was a diver and all that other stuff. So I had a lot of buddies that they seriously, there was, you know, you didn't, you didn't have the kind of treatment in Poland. <laughs> and here was, it, it was really amazing. I'm not, I'm not trying, trying to fantasize or anything. The real truth, you know, mm-hmm. that I had a lot of buddies, really good friend, that, like that they deal with the Louisiana. Man, come on, you know. I had a guys from Hawaii, you know, the man, gee, you got to come here. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so oh, I was like, I don't know, you know, and uh, I had, I was doing really good on the inshore here. And man, I mean, we were busy, busy, you know. Mm-hmm. At this time was uh, late 80s, beginning of 90s, government, uh, <clears throat> issued that requirement for inspection on all the pipelines through the United States. Mm. And we were doing inspection and repairs. Man, I was constantly busy. So, you know, it it was just that type of a deal. But then, like I said, I, I built that, you know, I built this uh, motorcycle helmet. And, you know, I did. I got a, on one job that was in San Antonio, basically. Three months, and it was winter months, on a dam, we were putting uh, a second layer of, uh, a second set of gates on on five bays of that uh, dam. And and I remember I was asking the the general contractor, I said, why in the hell, you know, we doing this thing? And he said, because of terrorist threats. I'm talking late 80s. I said, what terrorists? Right. Underwater terrorists. <laughs> I said, in San Antonio terrorist? I heard something in the Middle East or something, but what are you talking about? You know? Hey, but that's work for you though. And that's work in depth too. So you're getting that depth. So tape. that was, I mean, that was solid, I mean solid welding. And that was all day welding. But and the <laughs> other thing was that the, the, I did this whole job in that motorcycle helmet. And wow. then I dove on a deeper job. The funny so thing cool. was, and I, I don't know, I shouldn't say it on the camera or loud, or, uh, sure, uh, but sure. uh, I never had a Bela bottle with that helmet. Oh, my God. You just <laughs> I heard, out yeah. Armando. Yeah. Armando's dying That's now. it. <laughs> this <laughs> interview's over. <laughs> biggest stickler on safety no, I've, I've, I've ever seen. I brought life. that up yeah. before. No, 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 a lot no, of the no, old no, timers didn't even have bailouts. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Common. I know, you know, yeah. I was, I was that, you know, hard-headed, stubborn Polak that, you know, I was always going with my own thing. And uh, I understand, I understand, you know, what I'm saying. That's what I said. I understand what's wrong, what's right. And, you know, I was just lucky that I survived all of that, you know. Of course, this is not right. And and mm-hmm. on top of this, this on a dam was a 30 feet depth, you know. Oh, so but it wasn't that deep then. I did a Bahamas. When the max was 160 without bail bottle. <laughs> and the, the and, helmet. And the motorcycle okay. helmet? Wow. Talk about testing. And the motorcycle gear. helmet, the 30? Yeah, I'm a motorcycle helmet. So, you know, so there was uh uh the, the things that I wouldn't do it again, you know, especially like if we do stuff here, man. I mean, you know, I had Navy guys coming here on the pier. I had all Canadian Navy, West Coast, East Coast, they came here. I trained them. <clears throat> they all got the helmets. They bought the helmet. Niagara Falls, Canadian Niagara Falls police got my helmets, you know. Awesome. I mean, especially with the police, I got Houston police, Corpus Christi police, and uh, Baytown, east side of Houston police. Uh, they do have the helmets. Uh, all the police in Charleston dove the helmets and uh, uh, port, uh, port, port Security Authority police in Seattle, they... They dove the hats and they, you know, they they didn't buy it yet, but they, you know, 
Uh, well, I don't even know. Aqualung is owner of the helmet yeah. right now. You know, I'm just amazed, though, man, that you were doing all this groundwork, and it was pretty much by yourself, right? I mean, that's what you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was one man show. And this oh. is a one man show. One man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is crazy because here I was thinking, you know, you might have had a team of divers. That's why I asked you: Did you have right. any support from the diving community? No, you know? no, no, not not that. Not, <clears throat> what not did some of your friends say so. when you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm building a diving helmet." They were like, you know, I had a few guys. That's how I started, basically. Mm-hmm. They were like, man, uh, can you build me a helmet? Can you build oh, me a helmet? They bought the helmet, you know. You, you know, were they, known they, as the guy that was good with gear and tech. So you already had your name established, right? I mean, people already knew that you were good, you know. that you. No, were- no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was, you know, the work was spreading fast in the diving mm-hmm. community. And, you know, and the other thing is that in 2004, I had my first boot at UI in New Orleans. The first time I bought a boat, and since then, every year, it's the first year that there is no UI. Mm-hmm. You know, that this year is no UI. Yeah. But uh, there was UI every freaking year since 2004, I was at the boat. So that was the biggest exposure around the mm-hmm. world. And, you know, I got helmets, shit, man, I got Peru, Chile, uh, Japan. There's, there's quite a few in Japan. Australia, you know, so so the helmets are around. People mm-hmm. know about it. And, you know, like I said, right now it's all Aqualung. You know, yeah. uh, I don't even, I'm just a consultant for Aqualung. Hey, Bottom Dwellers. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you're thinking about buying a Gorski, why don't you give our friends at Baytech a call toll-free at 1-800-878-6111. Baytech is the go-to for all your commercial diving needs. They can handle equipment and sales for any commercial diving company, no matter how big or small. Last-minute deadlines? No problem. They can make it happen with their 24-hour, 7-day-a-week service. And what about the little guy, the everyday working diver? Well, they got everything you could possibly want. They've got a wide variety of Spyderco knives, Kirby Morgan products, wetsuits, gloves, the whole shebang. They also do helmet inspections. They have a knowledgeable, friendly staff. Baytech is the one-stop shop. They also just launched an online store at www.underwaterhydraulics.com. That's www.underwaterhydraulics.com. It's an easy-to-use website to find everything that you need, and you can have it shipped straight to your doorstep. Easy, bingo, bango. And they're also hooking Bottom Dwellers listeners up with a sticker pack, free sticker pack with all your orders. You just got to type in the code DWELLERS at checkout. So when you're shopping for those uh, those rad t-shirts that they got, type in DWELLERS and they'll hook you up with a free sticker pack. So check out our boys at Baytech in Harvey, Louisiana. Baytech, your one-stop commercial diving shop. Cool, cool, all right, cool, so where cool, were we? I think cool. uh, we're going to take our uh, vodka shot. Oh yes, that's, that's what right. We're do. That's right. In <laughs> honor, in honor of so Mr. Right. Gorski here. Well, so, I did too. I did. Oh, you hold on, you got shot. a vodka shot. Hold I got on. a vodka shot. You got another one. Let me get. <laughs> hold on, let me get another one. Yeah, yeah. Right. I might have to drive you home though. Nah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I don't know, man. I've seen you get a little toasted after two shiners. <laughs> that's because I've been. That's because I was. Hey, this one is. Uh, uh, last time I was in Poland, I picked this up. Polish, you know, Poland is over a thousand years old, and uh, Polish eagle should have the crown. And mm. Kamis took it out through mm. the communist time. Polish eagle did not have that crown. Now this one is with the crown. Nice, nice. That's that's the new Poland. <laughs> right on. Hey, cheers, guys! It was cheers. Cheers. Awesome. cheers. Oh yeah. So what kind of vodka did you did you have there? We've got Tito's vodka. Tito's. Hey yeah. man. <laughs> Tito's. <laughs> nice. That's that's local. That's mm-hmm. uh good vodka. You know, we're not gonna support different countries, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not on this really podcast. <laughs> no way. Not on this show. <laughs> Tito's of America. Course. America. America, yeah. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, that's uh, really, I'm not going to talk politics or anything. I already lost a few friends, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you Have know, if, if you grow behind the Iron Curtain, 
And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that they have no clue what communism is, you know. They have no idea because you have to be there for every second, minute, hour, day for years. I was 31 when I left that bullshit. And, you know, that, uh, that, that what they're trying to do, man, is it's uh, I'm so freaking disgusted that it's unreal. Most people just don't know that you know if you if you don't experience that real communism, you know you see you see Venezuela and you see North Korea, you see China, you know you see on the movies, you see on the news, and especially the news that in lying to you, you know that that this is what you know. And I, I can't tell you, you know, what in a guy like me, I'm so proud American, you know, that I came here and and uh, you know I can live in this country. I had the opportunity trying to bring the communists here you know this is yeah. to me i can't I, I i can't really you know it's like i said let's don't talk politics yeah right? yeah we try not to right but i completely agree with you thank you completely 100 percent um you know that's uh so don't like to dive in we wanted to ask you about aqualong i think johnny had a well, question first we wanted to talk about the prototypes oh the prototypes that's like, right the trial and errors of the prototypes. Did you don them on yourself or were there some, of course he did. I know, but I know that it's, obviously, but yeah. there's some, some of your crew, some of your guys who'd be like, yeah, I'll put that shit on. I don't care. Despite Aqualung. Yeah. If we go to a 2000, the late nineties and to 2000, that's why I called my first prototype G for Gorski 2000 mm-hmm. SS stainless steel. Mm-hmm. So that was my, Corporation, that's when I started the corporation, G2000 SS, when I had my first prototype. And this is, to me, personally, to me, that's basically what I call my first ever stainless prototype, a quarter of a million hat. Took me five years, shitload of money, mm-hmm. blood, sweat, and tears. And I understand that nobody is going to, you know, uh, understand this thing from the from from the point that what do you have to go through to get to this point? And there was even one of my buddies, you know, really good friend of mine that lives in uh, Dauphin Island, Mobile, Alabama. Uh, he is uh, basically a sailor. I mean, that dude, he escaped from East Germany, which was even worse than Poland. Mm. Anyway, Uwe, his name. Uwe came to me and he said, I want number one. At some point, I said, Uwe, I'm never going to go through with this helmet. <laughs> it's impossible. I'm running out of money. I'm running out of options. It's not, it's, it's just utopia. I mean, it's not, this thing never going to work. And he said, I want number one. How much? <laughs> You know, he gave me $5,000 or something like that, 5,500, you know. And uh, I said, man, I hope, you know. And he said, just keep the money and keep going. Don't tell me you're not going to succeed. And, you know, I'm not giver up. I would never leave Poland if I was given up. You know, I mean, I took chance on my kids, you know. So, so basically, Uwe got that number one. And because he is working with a lot of dive companies, was working out of Mobile, and he always had the helmet on the deck, and he let all the divers, whenever there was a different dive company, he let, you know, one of the popular Miller diving, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that guy died, Miller died for it. Not, I'm not Miller, the helmet guy, not Ben Miller, no. Uh, there was a different Miller guy, and he had his dive company in Mobile. Mm-hmm. And so those guys were diving and he let them use that helmet. And, uh, you know, I don't know, five years ago or something like that, he came to me and he put the helmet, you know, he came visit and he came in. Anyway, he came in and put the helmet on the table. I said, what are you doing? And he said, it's your helmet. I said, what do you mean your helmet? You bought it from me. And he said, it was always your helmet. I didn't buy it from you, but I need helmet. I don't need a helmet. It was yours. I tried to help you. That's it. I said, you shit me. I said, this is your helmet. You pay me and this is your head. He said, no, it's yours. I said, we're not going to argue. You want to keep it with me? You keep it with me. It's still your head. So I remember when I moved here that there is, you guys heard about this uh, history of diving museum in uh, yes. Isla Morada? Yeah, it's a really nice museum. Mm-hmm. And they keep bugging me about, you know, can I get some helmets over there. I said, listen, I'm going to lease a couple heads to you. And that's why I called over and over said, do whatever you want. 
So the number one production helmet, and my uh, I made one of this bronze helmet with Helena for set diving, you know, re- return, mm-hmm. at, and it's in that museum on the lease. So I got two hats over there on that. But that's what I'm saying, that there was, you know, the things like Uwe, you know, that he just always want to help. You know, one of the best friends you can get. Mm-hmm. That That's how I was getting to with this first prototype, first time. I went to Panama City and I went to Navy at that time. That's how I make Matt, uh, uh, Matt Mike. And uh, I went over there. I called them first and, you know, they say, yeah, we'll test it for you. And uh, so I left that helmet over there. They were testing that helmet. And what I did on my first ever prototype it was trying to come ahead. And I don't know why I did this, but I put a first stage on the back of that helmet. That means you can run. They're trying to do this shit right now. <clears throat> like Inner Spirit in Sweden, you know, they're doing that stuff that I could run high pressure rows with 3000 PSI to the diver, and you can reduce that thing through the regulator. So there was that idea, which on a commercial market on the Gulf, it still didn't even pass through right now. Mm-hmm. So those guys, and there was, you know, and that regulator had one high flow port. And I thought I'm going to be able to handle 200 PSI, which was not enough. He was choking. Man, when they told me that that helmet is not breathing, you know, on where you pass like, 60 feet. I don't remember. I got the report somewhere, you know. And anyway, he failed. Mm-hmm. And my hands fall down. And they told me why I failed. You know, I knew it. Because mm-hmm. I said, you know, you would have to supply. And they did. On one occasion, they supplied 3,000 PSI with the glory. I mean, beautiful, perfect. But what I'm going to do with the hat? Yeah. Nothing. So Let's I got back to the tanks, drawing right? board. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I got that helmet back. I completely redesigned the back manifold. I put the back manifold, you know, that uh, it was kind of bulky because I already had toolings made in, uh, in, in, in Michigan. Yeah, I didn't tell you that part yet. But uh, anyway, so they redone the tooling the, the cheapest way, and I still had a bulky manifold on the back. The fur, my first helmet. And then I'm looking at it, I said, no, this shit ain't going to work, you know. And uh, and that's when I switched the manifolds because I sold a few helmets and I keep loading the money into the to the helmet. Okay. And and that's why I completely redesigned the manifold. That's the one that is right now. Is directionally, you know, changed the direction of the hoses and stuff, you know. So, but yeah, the, the foundry, on the other hand, it took me actually almost, that's what was that, that five years. I could not find a foundry. It's a shitload of foundries around. But the problem was that the numbers they were giving me. Mm. It was like completely, I said, this, this shit never going to fly. They're never going to Because gonna they're used it. to like big bulk orders, right? And you're yeah, coming out. Yeah, them they were, how many thousands? Up. How many thousands you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I said, thousands, I need, I need one right now. <laughs> To start with, you know, and uh, and then I said, I might be taking like 10 at a time, you know, <clears throat> so it was going nowhere. And I finally got one guy because I talked to them. I got one guy that I, you know, found and I, I called that guy and I said, listen, I was talking to a lot of founders, so don't waste your time. I told him basically what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do. And he said, you got I just files? On that, I said, everything is in a solid world. So I said, yeah, I do. He said, send me that on a shelf. And I, I sent him that files. And about 15 minutes, the dude is calling me back. He's in Michigan. He called me back and he said, I'll do it. I said, listen, just slow down. I said, what do you mean you do it? Give me some numbers. And he said, I will do that for you. He said, I want to do it. I want to be a part of that. That's how, you know, I start finally breaking through and getting some relief. And that because we become a really good friends. I mean, that dude died. He was an older man. And and uh, right now, Aqualon moved everything to Mexicali. 
It's right across from me on the on other side, Mexicali. It's pretty well organized foundry. You know, they actually from California, but they move a branch to Mexicali because of labor. You know, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's basically a Californian outfit. You know, that was that's what I'm saying. That this thing from the time that I had everything in a computer, it took five years. To produce the first prototype. That's why I call it quarter of a million prototype. There's a lot of guys that, that they can't get it. They don't understand. I heard on the beginning, hey, that Polak is building that freaking in his garage or shit like this. You know, how the diving language goes through. So, so I went through a hell on the beginning with, uh, you know, when, when I got on the market and, uh, you know, they were talking on like offshorediver.com, you know, on those mm-hmm. stuff and, they criticize everything, talking oh, yeah, bullshit, yeah. Mm-hmm. usually the same names, <laughs> talking the crap, you know, about this stuff. And I could not keep my wife and my daughters away from that. I was pissed at them, not about the, not at the divers. I said, I don't give a shit. You know, when they talk bullshit, they just talk like that. But I said, mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't not look at this shit. They coming back and did you see what they say about you? I said, I don't give a flying <laughs> f- about that. What they say about me, do not read that. That's too funny. Yeah, said, that, I'm doing my one. job, this is how that works. I do what I do, they can say anything they want, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, that's a very, very long story when you when you talk about it. And that's a lot of years, you know, in it. So, but yeah, right now, there's a lot of guys that love that hat, and you know. I know that everybody got their own preference, and I respect that, of course. I don't have any problem, you know. Uh, it's it just that, you know, there are going to be some guys that like this and then like that. And I was like freaking Ford, Chevy, and, and, and uh, Dodge, you know. And, and everybody is going to say that, you know, Dodge guys are going to say the Chevy and Ford is a piece of shit. What the hell is a piece of shit about it? I, I got my F-350. 7.3 turbo, you know, the uh, power stroke for 21 years. I bought it with zero miles plastic on my seats. That is like a brand new truck still, you know? Nice. It's, you know, it's, a Dodge it's, guy and Johnny's a Chevy guy. Yep. So. Yeah. You're going to have different saying. people. And it's perfectly fine. Perfectly <laughs> fine. And Except that's why, you know, it's the same thing with the helmets. The same thing. <laughs> I, so know, was I, I was it, it a matter of being like the first to get the stainless steel, or you just wanted a stainless steel hat that was? I always want to. I always want to have the stainless steel, and actually, Corby Morgan came five years after me. Yeah, so yeah. I was the first guy. I'm not talking about Joseph Oy because yes, he was in stainless, but mm-hmm. not that type of a helmet. Right, so and, and, right. and it was low numbers too. Right. I think the support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also, you know, and and with the best respect to Joe, to everybody, I was really good friend with Ben Miller, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, and I talked to Mike. I'm, I don't want to say what Mike told me, but you know, if you're talking about the performance of the regulator on Ben Miller, you know, and if you guys know Miller, that that you know is not, yeah, you know, he never went to a high performance on that thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there were some guys who modify and read reading that low pressure valve that, you know, you got to get somehow. But another thing, he put this, you know, to be Ben Miller, he had, he's, he's a legend, you know, he he put this cup, the breast cup. You know, I dove 400, I dove that, that helmet, mm-hmm. and I know I dove every helmet, you know, and, uh, and, and I know that it, it's pulling, you know, it, it's got a lot of weight on the front, you know. So it's not that good for your neck, but yeah. you know, if that, there's a guys that are going to be completely Ben Miller, you know, divers, perfectly fine. Why not? This, a lot of the guys that dive the Miller, they like it because the parts, I mean, the parts are not something that you have to go through Kirby Morgan to get. You can get those in most places. Is is that something that you thought about when you were making? That's what I hat? was thinking. That's exactly what I was doing. I mean, look at this. Cyclone 5000. You can get this parts anywhere you want. This is the only thing that can go back. That was my thing. The rest is everything basically Ace Hardware Store or Home Depot or anything you can find in it. Because all the casting, if this, if you're talking about castings on the helmet, what the hell can happen to that? It's a heavy, heavy casting. There's no, there's everything is off the shelf. Everything. So, you know, that was my, 
leverage I was getting with this to start with. I had to have some leverage. And I said, basically, you know, like uh, on a free flow valve, everything in it is a Sherwood. It's a, it's a basically came from a scuba bubble, Sherwood KVL, and, you know, it, it, you can get that what can happen if you drop the head and you hit the stem coming out, you bend the stem, you go to uh, any school, everybody got any scuba shop got the Sherwood because they're mm-hmm. one of the oldest, you know, it's standard. You yeah. can get this shit anywhere. So, like I said, sh- uh, on uh, on on your left side, you know, you got a Poseidon, standard Poseidon. On the right hand side, you know, your free flow is all Sherwood Bell. And the rest, try to hit it with a sledgehammer. You can't break it. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's basically that, yeah, that was my main leverage. That's how I was looking at it. Be simple, durable, and dependable. You know, so that's what. That, that basically was the main thing with my mentality. You know, I, I was trying to get something that I can break through into the market. And, and you know, just if I promise this guy safety, they are safe. I mean, it, it is. It still is. Right. And you dove all the, you know, prototypes. Well, I dove too, right? I mean, I dove all my prototypes. Yeah. I dove, you know, all those, all these helmets, you know, I, I, Working them, I dove them, you know, I did, uh, you know, I was developing all kind of stuff. But like I said, this is from nothing. I developed the mm-hmm. whole thing from nothing. Right. It's all mine. You know, it's not, I didn't take, you know, well, Poseidon Regulator is not mine. But I mean, the rest, you know, the, the, the whole thing, it, it was, uh, you know, there was, there was no reason to develop a regulator. And yeah. I knew that that, that side breeding is not going to be. That's why I got the full respect from the SI. I got full respect from Beth Morgan, from, you know, uh, you know. That's hold good, on. My dog is freaking, okay, go. Oh, I got a <laughs> chocolate lap. And, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things that we were kind of wondering, like, did you get any hate from some of the other helmet manufacturers, you know, or, you know. I did not want it. I didn't, you know, I, like I said, I knew all of them. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Bev Morgan walked to me at the show at UI. And he, this is real true story. He walked to me, he walked to it, and he found my book. He said, oh, there you are. I said, what do you mean I'm there I am? What, I'm hiding or something? I'm in my booth. And he said, listen, <laughs> I want to I wanna shake your hand and want to say thank you for not copying me. Everybody around the world is trying to copy my helmet. Mm-hmm. This That's is a awesome. true story. This is a serious yeah. true story. And I never had any problem. Then Connie, uh, you know, we have very good relationship. You know, we talk and, and shit. And Mike worked in Dive Lab. You know, we're all good friends, you know. And and I mean, with Mike, I'm a best friend. You know, we just shit. Mike calls. We call like uh, once a week. You know, we talk on the phone. Shit. That's and, cool, man. I'm I'm really glad then that I was able to get him on the show too. So yeah, <laughs> it kind of, and it's gonna happen after your show, which yeah. is like super coincidence. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like a super coincidence that I end up booking him afterwards. You can tell him that I told you, and uh, you know we're right. we're best friends. We're best That's friends. Cool. Uh, the one thing that I can tell you at this point right now is that you're not becoming a millionaire on the helmets. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a millionaire. I still got a mortgage on my place, you know? Oh, so mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't do it for money or anything. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> even when they bought me out, I then became a millionaire. I was able to buy, you know, the shit here is probably like in California. I mean, oh, you know, sure. in, in that place that I live. Nicer scenery though. Yeah. I got a lot of homeless pretty, people living yeah, outside my house. Yeah. yeah. It's a <laughs> location. I, you know, I got, uh, the, the main thing is that, that you know, either there was a house here or not, the place is half a million dollar minimum. Yeah, just land, just land alone. You know, if someone don't like the house, they're going to pay half a million and take this house down and build another house. It doesn't <laughs> what, matter. What made you go with Aqualung? Like, what, what, what was the final decision? Like, you know what? These guys well, are cool. What he was, I'll tell you what. If you guys remember 2006... I mean, I sold over 160 helmets in one year in 2006 after Katrina, and I could mm-hmm. more. The next year, I sold like 90. The next year, I sold like 60, and less and less, because market was full with helmets. Yeah. 
it started failing out. Oh, the Katrina started selling their gear. You know, yeah. And then I made, you know, I mean, my wife is really good with money, but we made a few mistakes. <laughs> and uh, we realized that now it's, I'm like, should I really go? You know, I never want to sell my company. I mm. never did. But when we're talking money, you know, you got to, you know, I had two daughters. They going through schools, colleges, and shit like this. You know, and uh, you know, I was. I'm always a family guy. I, I, um, you know, I got four grandkids, and you know, they love this place, and we're always very close family. So I'm not, I'm not money guy. I don't understand money. <laughs> I don't give a shit about money. I like things, and uh, you know. It went to this point that, that we really, I started thinking, I said, shit, if there's opportunity to sell it, you know, I mean, you know, it was, it was crazy. I, I can't answer straight. I was confused and we need money and it came the opportunity and I sold it out, you know. It's, it's really I'm hard pretty to sure explain. your family wanted you at home a little bit more too, because it sounded like you were working like an animal trying to sell your hats on your own. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, so it, it basically, you know, I, I came to this point that right or wrong, I sold out, you know, and, uh, you know, if I can, you know, I'm 68, I'd be 70, you know, tomorrow is <laughs> like, you know, that, that two years will fly real quick. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's, it, 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 when you get an older, it, it changes, you know, and, uh, where do you go from here? So you sold the Gorski to Aqualung. They're kind of doing their own thing with it. Now they're selling it. Yeah. And, um, are you still innovating? Are you still coming up with like new ideas? Or are you kind of just kind of taking it easy enjoying your, uh, I signed up the no compete. I know there's a, certain oh, yeah. no. but of course you have to do that, yeah. you know, yeah. but, uh, I don't I know, know if, that. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I'm still involved with that industry. And, you know, just yeah. to give you an example, I got just that COVID killed everything. You know, I yeah, uh, yeah. I had... It's almost like we all collectively lost a year because of COVID. Right. Yeah, I have really good contacts, you know, now. For example, one of those is got a, a buddy of mine in Poland. And he is he's a big man, big distributor all diving, all construction. And that wasn't there when I was there is, uh, they call it Petro Baltic. They start drilling on Baltic Sea, a Polish company. They got divers, they got set system and they want to put a new set system. And I, we had this thing almost sold. I smelled the money when, <laughs> when that was going through. And because this is government company, the Petro Baltic in Poland, Mm. everything takes forever. Mm. Then the COVID happened and, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, that freaking shit hit the fan and, you know, and it, you know, so I, yeah, I'm active trying to be in the industry, you know, trying to do something, you know, I still dive, but I'm not going to go to work as a diver, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit too old for that. And, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Honestly, there is nothing completely. It's got to be that vodka that's keeping you. Yeah, keeping you exactly. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which. Exactly. Yeah. Or vodka. Sure, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hold on, but I, don't have, I need to go to my freezer. Let me see. Uh, I didn't even know. I'm sitting by the window. All right, cheers, Les. Cheers. Good talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that Tito's. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so, uh, okay, what I was talking about. So the Aqualung thing, kind of, you kind of sucked. You had to sell, but it was out of necessity. And uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, so you can't really you 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 sign that non compete. Yeah, so sign non compete, and and you know, I I don't know. I would. What I find out, it was. You know, people say that, but that, that really was blood, sweat, and tears, man. I mean, I, you're talking, you're talking really, really hard work, and uh, I'm sure it was it, tough. I mean, that was your baby, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, other side, I don't even, you know, I, I, 
like I said, I grew up behind the iron curtain, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I'm pretty tough. You know, I I, I just you know, it's, it's a nature, and uh, it's like I said that I besides I got my my dad, you know, James, and uh, you know, all that family was thrown into Siberia. He went through all that, you know, freezing shit, and you know, he was us the only one guy that uh, basically. Uh, the rest of the family, they went with the general, you know, they pick up the kids and he stayed with his mom. <clears throat> she was very sick over there and he missed that boat. And, you know, in 43, he signed in. He was still too young, but he signed into the Polish army. They formed when it, when Russians in Stalingrad start pushing uh, Nazis back, you know, that, uh, that he signed, they formed a Polish division. And, and he was actually... Uh, chemical recon guy, you know, those guys were doing the job with knives only. I mean, they were going, I mean, he was going through <coughs> as, a, as a grunt, but when he was going on, on a Nazi site at night and they need to find out what kind of chemicals they have. So they all go in different places and they have to kill everybody with a knife. They have to be very quiet. You know, there was so, no silence. Funny, like, you know, we're definitely World War II buffs too, and your family yeah. lived it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. And that, that was, you know, every time when I think that, you know, I got a hard time or something, mm-hmm. I think about my dad. I said, what right. the hell I'm complaining about? <laughs> I mean, what he went through. Right. And, he, and finally, that's why I was born. You know, he got freaking thousands of bullets, millions of bullets flying around him, but and he's he got, got a knife. all the scars, yeah, grenades and bullets, you That's know, nice. he, I've seen his scars, you know, he went, uh-huh. he was freaking presumed dead, you know, many times, and, you know, he he went through all that. that that's a nightmare. I, I don't want to get there, but... Uh, and you know, I'm sure you weren't thinking of this, less when you were making your hat. But now you can actually say you've got a legacy. You know, your name is right there with, you know, the Morgan and the Miller, you know, in diving hats. So that's something to be proud of. And that's something to take away from everything. You know, you've you've got a legacy. I mean, that's amazing to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I know. I was I wasn't really honestly, I wasn't thinking about this when I was building. I built a helmet for myself. I built that, you know, the motorcycle helmet. I, I, I don't know. Do you guys see that blue hat? <laughs> that yeah, we, we, we looked at all the pictures, yeah. DMC5. That was that, you know, I put the, I made it to a helmet. I had Swindell neck ring on nice. the bottom. I had the super light handle on top. I made <laughs> the rest fiberglass, all the rest. I almost drowned myself in that. hat. <laughs> 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 it was it was uh it's uh it's in Texas. The name of the place is Sergeant. There was really deteriorating banks of that in inlet over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a real inlet. It was it was really strong currents. And I went I went in it and I lost totally control in that current, you know, of myself. And shit, and the helmet start filling up with water. <laughs> start, <laughs> you didn't, I didn't have any seal on it. The regulator was... What? It was, so you were using it as like a little bell? <laughs> no seal? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, man. I was like, holy shit, I should make that to a free flow head, not a regulator head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I finally came to control this mm. thing, I could not. I, they could not right pick now. me up. The current was, I was like, I'm, I'm talking probably at least five, six knots, you know. And uh, I did one job, but there was in that uh, motorcycle helmet. Now I remember that. There was that job on Mississippi. We went, there, there was same thing, washed out pipeline. But I'm talking from Venice going freaking offshore. So, you know, it's... It was supposedly 40, 50 feet, and I jump off of a jack-up rig in this motorcycle helmet, and I got, you know, I they straight, they like, you got the bottom? I said, I don't have a bottom. 
And they like, you got 350 foot of hose. We had 350s over there. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we have a bottom? I said, pick me up. They couldn't pick me up. I mean, that was not going to make it up. That was freaking six, seven knots current in Mississippi then. You know, oh, we wow. went so in the road. Was just way down there. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, that way was down like, there. And, and that's night. And that's, you know, that was all kind of shit going with this current trees and stuff. You know, I said, man, if I get caught in something, I'm dead. And never, never, nobody's going to pick me up. So they picked me up and I said, I, meantime, I said, set me up a poly with 100 pounds of lead on it. So I finally hit the bottom. And I mm-hmm. crawl on the bottom, you know, in the mud, you know, trying not to lose the bottom. <clears throat> and I crawl, you know, I didn't find anything. Then I went on the other leg across and I jumped in. And when they were picking me up, the, the rep from Shell, there was a Shell company, <clears throat> and he saw what's happening to the diver, you know. And they picked me up and the guy was like, I said, I can't find it. There's no pipeline, you know. And then the guy was like, I'm shutting this shit down. This is so stupid. <laughs> We're going to lose you. There's no way, you know, in this current you can work, you know. And we suppose if we find it, we're supposed to beg it and put a mat on it. And when we came back, that was, let's say, March, April. That's the current. Mm-hmm. When everything started melting and it's coming to yeah. Mississippi, it's going bazooka. Oh, yeah. And then we came back in, uh, I don't know, September or something. It was like a lake. That's too funny. <laughs> in Mississippi, I tell you. Yeah. I, I, I dove in it before a couple times. Holy shit. I yeah. did too. And, uh, you know, that was that was ridiculous. That was that was a joke, man. You can't work in that kind of uh, no. currents and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that was in that, uh, I really liked my motorcycle helmet. I got, shit, man, I probably got a couple thousand hours in it, you know? Wow. All right, Les. Well, thanks a lot, man. This is this was a great episode. Thank you for jumping on to the Bomb Dollars uh, Dive Shack. Um, it sounds kind of funny because we've had, like, three shots of vodka already. Yeah. And it's <laughs> started to soak in a little bit. but Well, three shots of vodka and beers yeah and we're gonna have another shot yes as soon as we sign off right now yes 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 but um it was an honor actually no, it, it, thank you very much for inviting me and uh you know say hi to mike for me oh yeah that was a great episode and uh thanks again thank you